0: What's good Redskins fans and welcome back to another episode of Rated Redskins Radio. You know, over the the last few months, whenever I've come on and made um, any of these podcast episodes, I've came on and I've tried to stick to pure factual uh, content. Today I kind of want to stray a little bit and go more into what my opinions are. Now let me first start by saying that I was one of the people that was pounding the table trying to get Bruce Allen fired years ago. So I was very happy that the team finally moved on from the Bruce Allen error, And I feel as if uh, this is a situation where Daniel Snyder has actually tried to move out the way for management to do a good job and run the football team, but that he chose the wrong person when he chose Bruce Allen to do it. And by giving Bruce Allen complete power and complete control, in the 2015-16 season around that area was a massive mistake. Now obviously hindsight's always 2020. So we've moved on as a fan base now since Bruce is gone and I also realized that some people will never be able to move on from Snyder until the franchise wins or whatever the case may be. Some folks will always just hold a thought pattern towards Snyder and hey, I completely get it, you know, the Redskins haven't been good for the last 20 years and the thing that most people go back to is he's the one that bought the team so essentially he gets the blame of all of it which i understand and um you know that's the way it works in life he's going to continue to be you know the face of what redskin fans do not like and that is also something that i completely understand one thing that redskin fans do need to understand is that without daniel snyder there would be no such thing as the washington redskins they would have been stripped of that name by now And I do realize that some of the younger crowd doesn't really care about that. And that's fine. Um, But I will tell you that the older crowd cares enough for us and you. When it comes to Snyder, it's just a situation we're going to have to love the team in spite of him. Because he's not selling it. It's not going to happen. So, you know, I realize a certain portion of the fan base will never be able to get past that as well. And that's something that I'll never be able to change as as a fan, so I've just moved on from. And when I hear people talk about firing the owner, I always just kind of ho hum and let them know, like, hey, that's not how it works, you know. And I realized that uh, Donald Sterling got, you know, shown the door and in the NBA, but that was also because he was a racist owner who was done some crazy stuff over time. Has nowhere near the same thing as the Snyder situation. And it's, it's just it's kind of hard to watch sometimes because I realize that the only reason why fans really truly feel that way is because the team continues to lose. And then Snyder has elevated people that have not been able to change the process. Now, going and getting Ron Rivera, to me, is a good move. And I know that some people, maybe detractors of the team and people that don't believe that they're going to get better, have stated that they don't believe that Ron Rivera is the correct hire to rebuild a franchise when he just was fired a few months ago. And what people don't realize is that the culture is lacking so bad with the Redskin franchise that they need someone like a Ron Rivera to breathe new life into it. He's respected you know, around the league by, by most people. And he's somebody that would represent... A new path for the Redskins. Somebody who is well-respected in the front office setup. Somebody that you know can get other people in the league to think differently when they think of the Washington Redskins. I'd also like to point out that the players have a respect for him as well. And I do expect for there to be some quote-unquote Rivera guys that will follow him. Just like some of the guys followed Sean McDermott when he left Carolina and went to the Buffalo Bills. Now, Rivera has filled all the spots on his coaching staff now, and I believe he's pretty much filled every position in the front office with an exception of general manager. Now, I do believe that the team is probably not going to hire a team president. It appears like maybe that Rivera has been given that role of team president, so to speak, and that a GM would only be hired to play go-between between obviously the front office executives that are left over and Rivera, now there are several candidates being thrown out for for GM right now, none of which have really taken the overall lead. But I would definitely you know stay on that particular story, um, so you can expect me to be talking about that on on the YouTube channel um, if in in fact they do hire a general manager, which I'm expecting them to. Um, I know right now a lot of fans are kind of having the conversation: should we hire one before the uh, the draft or, or wait till after? And personally, I don't think it really matters. I know some people think that it, that it's a big, huge deal, but they already have their plan in place right now, no matter what. And Kyle Smith is the one that put that in place, and he's the one that got you know elevated in roles. So the way I look at it is, is Smith is already in charge of the table anyway. So, if you bring in a GM who hasn't been there for the last year, you're just basically putting him in the way. Now, I understand maybe if you want to bring the guy in and have him work hand in hand with what you already have, and he gets to see the process and maybe gets to be a part of it, maybe just sitting in on it. So, you know, I guess that's something that that could be taken into account. But I really like the way things are taking form right now. You know, obviously, we don't Know which direction the team's going to go in free agency quite yet, and we don't know who they may or may not um, take in the draft. We have a pretty good idea in the first round of who they're looking at, but we don't really know 100% yet, so everything's still early. But I like to look at the coaches that we have and know that we have Jack Del Rio, who, in my opinion, is like a made man of defense, if you understand what I'm trying to say. I believe that our defense is going to have a night and day kind of difference from last year to next year, with Del Rio being in charge and Rivera being the head coach. This is going to be a defensive-minded unit, and I do not know how much they'll even really throw the ball. I'm expecting a ball-control, play-action-style offense with Scott Turner bringing that Norv Turner kind of offense to life. And I'm fully aware of the fact that our new offensive coordinator, Scott Turner, is, you know, not really all that experienced running his own offense, but I'm also well aware of the fact of who his father was and how Norv runs his offenses and, and, and schemes around the players and not where you take and try to force players into the scheme. I feel like when you're trying to mold the scheme around the players, it just works better. I don't know if some fans realize or not, but I actually live down in North Carolina and I've actually heard from some Panther fans that they believe that, you know, they love Ron Rivera, first of all, and they believe that their franchise made a mistake in letting him go. But they understand that, that their new owner wanted to go in a different direction. Now, I will tell you that some of those same people, though, have questioned some of the, uh, the assistant coaches we've hired saying that, you know, they didn't like him. Um, they didn't. I've heard a few people say that our trainer is not all that we think he is. Um, Vermilion is his name. Uh, I personally have heard nothing but good things from the, about the man. But um, you know, as, as I've said before, you know, you, a lot of times you can't make fans happy. You know, losing games supersedes any good job that a trainer may have done especially if they have players that were key players that were injured. Immediately, everybody wants to blame the trainer. In most situations, it's just one of those things where football is football. And then you have the Washington Redskins situation where we led the league in injuries for X amount of years, and it just became a thing where the trainers had to go and you had to start fresh, which is where we're at now, which I am actually excited about, and I'm I'm honestly intrigued to see which direction the team heads in that. Like, do we continue to have bad luck with injuries or is this something that, you know, kind of works itself out? Every team has injuries, but then you have the Redskins, you know. As I mentioned before, it's still painfully early in the process, so it's hard for us to really look at free agency, you know, and decide if, you know, these players are going to be guys that we could really get because who knows what other teams are going to do with their free agents. So we haven't really been able to see what the actual free agent market is. Now, I did put one video up on YouTube talking about the left tackle position because I feel like that's a need that kind of sits above everything else that we have. I also put a video out talking about Chase Young and how I feel at this point he's the only choice that the Redskins can really make. Now, I've seen some information in the last few days, last week or so, that kind of points at Reuben Foster maybe being a little bit further behind in his uh um rehab and maybe getting things back together for that young man and that he's just now starting to have feeling in his toes again now anybody that's had any type of nerve damage knows that nerve damage is something that does, just doesn't go away this is something that you know sticks around for years and takes a while to get through now to hear that he's regaining feeling is great But it makes me think that maybe we could be looking at a return for him somewhere around mid-season or the end of the season. Not so much in training camp. I'd say the training camp may be out of the picture or up in the air. Which makes linebacker uh, a position of need that has now elevated itself. Now before, it was already a question mark. In my opinion, the team really does need to look at the, the linebacker position and reinvent itself. With a switch to the four three as a base set, you now go from having three four base linebackers who either have to transition to ends or you have to get rid of them. Because if three four you know outside linebackers generally don't transition to four three outside linebackers. You need a guy who's either really good in, in coverage or faster to be able to cover, you know, people or whatever the case may be and It's generally a shift. Now, some of your guys are going to be able to transfer over. Now, I'm going to do a video in the future talking about the linebacker position as a whole and kind of looking at how I figure that the team will try to transition from the 3-4 to the 4-3. The biggest transition is adding linebackers. Our edge rushers are going to be able to transfer easily. If we add Chase Young to the mix, then we have Montez Sweat, Chase Young, and if they bring Ryan Kerrigan back, you add him to the mix, and you've got a rotation of all guys that could be Pro Bowlers, which is scary for any team that has, you know, a, a questionable lineman on their team because you could line up some of these guys anywhere. But with sticking with the thought pattern, we should take Chase. You know, it kind of eliminates any thought of moving back, obviously, because then you're taking the number two. Uh, prospect. Actually, he's probably the number one prospect, but more than likely, he's going to be the number two taken player. Since the Bengals are already pretty much decided on what they're going to do, and they're going to take a quarterback with that one, that you know first pick, so that takes away from moving back. You know, I know that I also put up a mock draft on YouTube, and in the mock draft, I actually moved back and I took a player that I felt was going to be you know a dominant football player for years to come, in Isaiah Simmons. Now, mind you, that was just a situation where I was trying to use trades and talk about some situations that may pop up in the draft. We're so far out that I was just doing it basically for shits and giggles, you know, for a lack of better terminology. And the deal they uh, they gave me back in return was unbelievable. I think it was like um, the ninth pick, the twentieth pick, a second rounder, and a third rounder, I believe. And I there may have been a fourth rounder mixed in there and I ended up trading the uh the third rounder for a future pick and like a fifth rounder I think or a fourth rounder anyway it ended up giving me like 10 picks and I got a trade back pick too so I guess it was 11 picks and I ended up with with Isaiah Simmons and honestly if the Redskins don't take Chase Young or if Something happens, in the Bengals were to take Chase Young with one or trade down, and you know, somebody else takes Chase Young. I believe Simmons is a, a guy that we really should take a look at because linebacker is a an ex, you know a need that we have, and he's a player that jumps out at you. That said, it still doesn't change the fact that left tackle is our number one need. But I also feel like we're not going to completely know where that need is heading until we finalize things with what we're going to do with Trent Williams. And to this point, you know, from what has been said, Ron Rivera says he has a plan and he's trying, I guess, to get Trent to come back. We shall see. Now, obviously, bringing Trent Williams back into the mix would eliminate the thought of needing a left tackle. And you have to start thinking, you know, he's been a year away from the game. So he's probably healthier now than he's ever been since what, maybe like high school or college or something of that nature. And also you have to look at it as he's getting older and he took a year away from football. So, you know, has he digressed? That's, that's the bad part. You have to look at both sides of it and you have to see if he's really worth the kind of money that we all know that he wants. And from the get go, even though he had other issues with the team I think we all know that this rolled back to he didn't want to go into a year with no guaranteed money in case he were to get hurt and then just be screwed on an injury. And we all know how Bruce Allen ran the um ran the house, you know, so we all know that it was this was all done in a, in a rough way. And these players were not treated the right way. I also realize it's a business and that, you know, Trent Williams is trying to get the most amount of money that he can and no matter if we look at him as he's a victim or you know he's the person that's doing something wrong it's just a situation where he wants to get paid because it's a business and you can't really blame him i mean you know it's his job it's what he needs to do at the same time i think there's some underhandedness that was done in the situation probably from both sides and you know both sides are to blame or have blame in the process you know, I, I, I believe that uh, maybe one side holds the bigger portion of blame. But, um, you know, I, I don't think that Trent is without fault in any of the situation. And I've gone into the depth of this already, and I'm not going to go back into it. I really just hope that we can maybe bring Trent back in, let Donald Penn go on and retire, whatever he's going to do. And maybe we could take and try to find a replacement for the other side of the line as well. And be able to take our time with it in this process. You know, because that, you know, maybe this situation, if nothing else, pointed out to us that we need to replace that left tackle spot. No matter what, we have to draft a left tackle or do something with that left tackle position this offseason to position ourselves in a better place to, if Trent Williams leaves, that we have a plan B. Last year was an obvious situation where we had no plan B or plan C. Plan D ended up being Donald Penn, who wasn't even going to play football this season and ended up being our starting left tackle. And if it hadn't have been for him, it would have been, what, Jeron Christian? Or maybe we would have shifted Morgan Moses over to left tackle, which would have been bad. So it really all just flows back to what we're going to do with Trent again. you know. And I do not see the team taking a left tackle with their first-round pick. So guys that would start, that are in the draft may not end up being an option for this team. You may end up having to take a guy that we have to develop. And if that happens, then we have to have a guy to start next year. So this is a problem that has to work its way out before the season starts. I know some may say, hey, we're still months away even from the draft. they got a long time to get it together. That's true, but they got a lot to get together. And as much as we all wanted to say that our offensive line was great just a couple seasons back, now it's it's really a big question mark all the way around. You know, Morgan Moses is the is the most penalized right tackle in all of football. He gives up a lot of sacks and he gets beat quite a bit. Even if he doesn't get the sack up, he's getting you know the pressure is going into the quarterback's face. Brandon Sheriff did not have a very good year last year. Now most will tell you that he either had the best season for a red-skinned lineman or the second best behind Eric Flowers. Flowers was probably like the bright spot of the line last year, and that's because none of us expected him to really do anything. And then he ended up having a, a pretty good year. Now, Chase Rullier is a guy that most people forget about. They always think about, well, you know, we want to get better at center, which I actually agree with. I want to get better at center as well. Uh, Rullier is not who I want to be, our guy, you know, forever. The One good thing about Rullier, though, is that he plays guard just as well, if not better. So if we were to replace him with a center, we could perhaps shift him over to guard, and he could either replace one of the guards that's leaving, or maybe even play, you know, a, a backup role. Which he, I believe he's still signed for two more years. I'm not certain on that; I'd have to look that up. But in closing, you know, I, I really am wondering how the team is going to shape this defense up. You know, the offense, in my in my mind, even though they they still got to sew some pieces together, is more of a, a thing that I could kind of envision how they're going to run it. The defense, I believe, they need other pieces. You know, somebody like Isaiah Simmons, you know, would be great because then we'd be able to to cover those tight ends across the middle and your speedy running backs that we have issues with, and maybe even maybe even deal with uh, the mobile quarterbacks that we haven't been able to stop since mobile quarterbacks became a thing. But at the same time, we were to go out and get a Chase Young. Then we have that game breaker, you know, that can come around the edge and just change everything. And then you mix him with the defensive line we already have. And, you know, like Dennis Hopper used to say, man, bad things, bad things, man. I could really see some bad things like for opposing defense, not us, obviously. And me personally, I like the way that our defense has been, you know, kind of pieced together. That's the one thing I feel like they've been doing great the last two or three years is putting that defense together. We still need to rebuild that tight end position, but that is going to be a topic for another day. That's about all I got for tonight. You know, I just wanted to say real quick, if any of you guys could do me an extra favor and maybe share this link on social media to anybody that might actually like to give the podcast a listen. While we have a a pretty decent backing across social media, um, you know, on YouTube and places like Facebook and such, you know, the the process of actually doing the the podcast itself is something that's still in its infant stages, and we're trying to get a following going for that itself. So if you can share it, that'd be great, and I appreciate that. But that's about all I got tonight. Hail to the Redskins, y'all. Peace.